Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Do slow down. Um, you are listening to the right place, Mystery of Parenthood. And um, it is me, Trey Cashin, and I'm with Thaddeus, and we have a great guest. Um, and we're going to talk about a wonderful topic. But let's go ahead and begin with our prayers we always do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with your Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so... We're uh, blessed to have Monica Ashour with Tobit here, and uh, one of my favorite um, guests, because it's one of my favorite topics. It was something that Thaddeus had thought of, and, and it's kind of fitting, I think, that this show has always been about taking theology and how do you apply it in real life. And I think sometimes it's hard to make the connection between you know the, the theology for, for just a normal person, make to, to see the connection between the theology and a practical application. But there's nothing really, honestly, that I think is more practical <laughs> than the theology of the body. And, and who better to have to talk about that, about, say, five tips for married couples who want to try to take a stab at applying it in their life than Monica Ashour. <laughs> so, Monica, <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for being here with us. Um, and Thaddeus is here with us. Welcome so. into the Mystery of Parenthood, Monica. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks. I appreciate that, Thaddeus and Trey, and we're missing Stephanie already, but uh, yeah, she's, I know she can't make it today. There's a little bit, I guess, theology body there, too. I mean, we can't be in two places at once, and <laughs> she has to be there taking care and giving herself to her mother um, for her sake now. So it does, it's, I don't know, if ironic, funny, part of God's plan, whatever, but how it changes, you know, and um, how you realize you, know, you spend your whole life raising kids kids and taking care of them and being concerned about their welfare and and now you know it's going um i guess to the other to the other end which is part of life and like i told you before yeah. we're kind of using this to tell our kids hey you know please take care of us <laughs> when we can't yeah. do all that we have to, yeah. for ourselves but anyway we'll, we'll miss Amen. her but but i'm but i'm glad she's doing what she's doing and and i'm glad you're yeah. here let, let me make a comment about that trey because um for those of us who are not married that is a way of living out the theology of the body, giving the gift of self to others, you know, not just husband and wife. Right. And so that's what your your wife is doing, Stephanie, to her mom, and her mom's receiving that gift. And so, anyway, it's it's all part of the package of love. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. And those are all opportunities that sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they're crosses, but they're opportunities that you have. And so, I like I said, I'm, I'm grateful that she's there and, you know, sad that she's not here, but, you know, that's part of part of the plan, but you're right. Uh, we need to have a practical understanding, but I think on this one and part of the other thing that we were talking before that I thought was really, I'd forgotten was my son, my oldest son and, and, and his fiance are preparing for marriage. Wait, wait, you forgot that your son is. Well, I forget, for I forget. I mean, heck, I forgot where I was an hour ago. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I forgot. I had to jump on that one. I'm I know, sorry. I know, but, but you, you got to know that I only talk in half sentences. And <laughs> it, it may take four or five and uh, like a puzzle putting together yeah. to make any sense out of it. But that being said, 
I, I was as I was talking to you, I realized, well, I'm gonna back up. I was very concerned about who was gonna be teaching my son and future daughter in law uh theology of the body and marriage prep because, you know, sometimes you can get and when my wife said, You know who taught it was Monica Ashour, I was <laughs> I was like, Who better? That's awesome. So anyway I was surprised too. I'm like your last name is Cashin? Do you know anybody in College Station? Oh, those are my parents. You're right. <laughs> that, is, that is so is that, cool. That's probably how he said it. Oh, those that are my parents. That is so right? cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had, uh, they had been, have been drilled in the, the uh, at least what the sacrament is and, and how that applies, but hopefully he had learned something. But I know he learned a lot from you. Hopefully he had a little bit of uh, background, I hope. But we can talk off air on that. <laughs> but anyway, we but with regard to that, to the preparation f- for people who are getting married and maybe people who are trying to live out their faith, maybe you've had a conversion or like, hey, I, I really want to try to live this out, but I don't really understand. I hear people talking about it. We thought that maybe it'd be good to have like, you know, five tips that we could that we could um, offer that are practical tips for people to say, okay, well, f- if I was going to start here are five things that I need to take, keep in mind and moving forward. Does that sound framed pretty good, Thaddeus? Does that sound like what you were? Yeah, and I think it also came out of um, what I was saying that, um, you know, my wife and I would even like to be yes. okay. better versed in it. Um, I, I don't consider myself to be terribly versed in it, well versed in it, um, but especially if we wanted to try to um, help help form other couples in it or help to p- propagate it just in our, you know, local uh Catholic Catholic community here. Where, where do we start, and what are some of the what are some of the principles to kind of uh, guide our understanding of it? Because it is a it is a big body of of information, and so maybe Monica, since you're our Pope John Paul II and theology of the body resident, not resident, but uh, <laughs> expert, recurring regular expert. Let's why don't you start with if somebody's tuning into this program Never for heard the very it. first time, who is John Paul II, and then what is the theology of the body? So, John Paul II, um, who is recently canonized, um, he is the author um, of many various things, but we're focusing on his theology of the body, which the actual real name is Man and Woman. He created them, a theology of the body. And that's based on the scripture verse um, Genesis 1, 27, where God said, you know, in his image, he made them male and female, he created them. And so the Holy Father unpacks that, like, what, it, what does it mean to be made in God's image and likeness? And he, um, he really gives us a, a, what I would say a Christian anthropology, which means um, a Christian understanding of who we are made um, male and female um, and how we're gifts to each other. And that's how we're mostly made in God's image and likeness, because God in His very inner self is gift. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are gifts to each other, three distinct persons who form one union. And so when we are gifts to each other, then we image God. And another way of saying that is when we love, we image God who is love. But the Holy Father, you know, He calls it a theology, not theology of body, but not a theology of sex or theology of family, but a theology of the body. And I think it's because of the concreteness of the body. And so um, I'll get into that as we continue along. Would you all to add anything? When I think of concrete, when I think of the word concrete and and, and Mm -hmm. body, two things. One, that's when I read any theology of the body back in the day. I thought, you know, everybody's focused on just the sexuality piece of this, but I mean, this is a way of living. It's a way of looking at life that 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 is much greater than just that. That, that first comment, and you might comment on that. The second one is on on to be human is to be a bodily creature. You know, I, maybe you had I don't know if I had a Tim Herman as as a professor mm-hmm. at University of Dallas and. and and Tim used to say to be Catholic is to be punchable, and and I and I it, to be Christian is to be punchable, and it just means that it, we take seriously our bodies. We take seriously the fact that we are here concretely in real life. We're not a figment of some imagination or anything like that. We are really 
bodily creatures. So mm-hmm. anyway, that, that yeah, Pope John Paul he he coins the term body person. It's a hyphenated word, and I often ponder that a body person. Uh, so the divine persons of the Blessed Trinity they don't have a body until the incarnation of Jesus. And so what does that mean to be a body person? And so these tips are going to have to be kind of helping us unpack what that means. Yes. Uh, you know, to, to love as, as a human, to love as a body person. So, Daddy, do you have anything else to add to that? I uh, don't have anything to add. No, I'm just here in the okay. receiving mode today mostly. <laughs> don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're off to see <laughs> right exactly uh, so where so yeah. where would you begin if we if I mean obviously we stated there is important for us to understand kind of context and there might be some people who have never heard of him but I mean where does well, what, what would be your tips again yeah so um, it's interesting how you know thinking about praying about and I've written a marriage prep book and I'm like what would I tell married couples and then I wrote down five things after pondering. And then I realized the first three are actually <laughs> the books I wrote for first graders, second graders, and third graders. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get this. And so uh, the first thing I would say is the body is a teacher. The second thing is the body is a gift. And the third thing is the body deserves reverence. Wow. So if a married couple's like, what? Well, teacher, gift, Reverence. Those are the first three, I would say. And wow. we'll, we'll cover that in just a second. And then I would go, then you could go to the sacredness of sex um, within you know, the context of marriage, what that's all about. And then finally, I would broaden it um, and, and bring in the, um, what could I say, ecclesiological, which means like the study of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the word that comes to my mind is co-redeemer. So spouses are meant to be co-redeemers with Christ to the spouse and how important that is. And so that kind of might seem like, oh, that's too much for me, but I'd like to try to, you know, kind of get to that. And I'll, I'll trust you two men helping me to unpack each of these. Yeah, no, I I love those. Teacher, gift, reverence, sacredness of sex, and co-redeemer. I I I love that. I'll just launch into it unless y'all... Yeah, go ahead. I want. Yeah, I want to hear that. The te- the you know the the body is a teacher. I, I want to hear <laughs> how, how to do that. So one of the phrases Pope John Paul uses is uh, the consciousness of the meaning of the body. So for those of you who like fancy TOB terms, there that's it. And the conscious is not. I mean, he does speak about conscience, like you know applying natural law and moral law to our lives. But here he's saying being aware, conscious of the meaning of the body. And so I was like picturing married couples and what, what could they do to, to live out TOB? Well, when you see your spouse and his or her body, oh, I could tell he's sad or she's tired and hungry. And, and so these bodily manifestations, um, you know, are, are a sign, an invitation that, oh, maybe I can help be a gift. And that leads us to the next one. So being aware of the body, you know, uh, let me, let me respond by being a gift. And so, you know, just um, seeing the other person and recognizing the body means that, oh, you know, that, that, that person, the body is a revelation of kind of what's going on inside right? or, or ought to be. So yeah, I, I, another thing I could add to this, sorry. Is, no, go ahead. Uh, I want to hear. The, the, the wife, we often think that you guys should just read our minds and emotions and not reveal ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, as the body as a teacher. And that's a problem yep. because y'all are not able to read us unless we share our inner self. And so that's part of uh, what I think the body as teacher um, uh, is also conveying. So go ahead. Please. No, I love, I love, I love the idea because I think because I think part of what we've what we always talk about here, and it is it is really a Christian taking seriously the incarnation that that actually our our actions, the way we move, how we how we talk, our facial expressions, our ways of communicating, we have to be. And I think I'd never really thought about it, but the, but be conscious of. And, the, and and in so doing, be 
able to respond, be looking for that because I think you can go through life. I mean, it's been my experience. It's pretty easy to go through life kind of just going through the motions. I mean, not really Mm -hmm. paying attention. And I found that when I'm most alive, it's usually when I'm paying the most attention. You know, in other words, when I'm not, when I'm not letting little things go past me without thinking, I wonder what that means. And it's part of being purposeful, intentional. I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I want to look at my wife or look at my child or whoever I come in contact with and try to recognize, Hey, you know, maybe they don't, they're not feeling well or whatever. And I, and so it is a teacher, but it's a teacher that you have to like pay attention to. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't, um, mm-hmm. it's not just knowing that it's that, okay, I need to be conscious about this. So, you know, maybe one thing I would say, and that I'm usually better when I say, okay, help, you know, ask for the Holy Spirit to help me be aware of any signs or symbols that are coming from the way they talk, you know, their mm-hmm. movements, whatever is part of life not being boring, not being something you're going through the motions. There's always something to pick up on. There's always something to be looking for and to be con- and to consciously respond with that, with even just a question, hey, you look like you're tired, is you know, or you look sad or whatever. You look mm-hmm. excited. What's what's going on? But but mm-hmm. all of those are things that I know I could apply in my own life. Yeah, I have two two thoughts on this. One is um is this another way of understanding it? Is are you kind of saying <clears throat> that we have to um, the old you know don't just talk the talk but walk the walk? So you gotta yes. you gotta live out your your love for somebody with your body with your actions. Mm-hmm. You can't just say that you mm-hmm. love your spouse. It, it yep. comes through in how you treat them as one body person to another, and then. The body as a teacher, not only my spouse's body teaches me, but also my body teaches teaches myself, and that I have to I have to pay attention to my moods and my feelings and and kind of communicate those to my spouse. Don't don't act on them necessarily, but be informed by them and talk talked with my spouse about how I am I am feeling how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting you added that, Thaddeus, because that's what I was going about to say. Like, not only being aware of the other, but being aware of myself, and then, okay, maybe I'm sad for a reason, or I had a bad day at work, and do I need to express that bodily to every single person, especially my children? Right, right. You know, maybe I could be aware, okay, I have this mood, but um, my children don't deserve to, you know, me taking it out on them. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, how am I going to manifest and, joy and, you know, or, in, in my bodily action? Or or also, I am des- I find myself desiring my wife sexually right now. Is that, mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. appropriate to mm-hmm. act on that or try to go down the road of acting on that when I'm reading from her body that she's not feeling well right now or she's overwhelmed with the housework. Maybe I need to show my love to her in a different way. Is that kind of what you're mm-hmm. driving at? Yeah. yeah. You keep stealing from me, Thaddeus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm hearing this, I want, to, I want you to get your comment on this because I think it's part of it. There, something always jumped off to me that on Vatican II, they, uh, I think in Sacrosanctum Concilium, there, there's the talk of they want full, conscious, and active participation in mm. the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always taught, I've always extended that, and I think it's appropriate. And I think even may, it might even be in line with what John Paul was saying. You can comment on this, but but I always said, you know, this is kind of we're living the liturgy of life. We're living a sacrament that we're we're meant to be fully engaged, consciously engaged, and actively engaged with one another. In our house, and and those are all important aspects of being, um, being actively. I mean, to be married, or I mean, and I guess mm-hmm. that extends beyond that. But I've I've always tied it to the sacrament of marriage. I mean, do you think that's an over exaggeration or? No, not at all. No, I think it's spot on. As long as we don't do the reverse, like some people would say, oh. Marriage tells you what to do in the liturgy. Actually, it's the liturgy, which is the culmination and the, right. you know, the ultimate reality. And then we learn from the liturgy, oh, this is how I apply it in my own 
family life. So I think you're, you're right on, Trey, with regard to that. And I think that really helps, you know, the, the active participation. Um, so the, the, the thing, another one thing about the, the body as the teacher that I wanted to point out is, you know, so what, what I just said, um, that could be said about all humans, you know, just being aware of, of different people. Right. But then mm-hmm. we also notice masculinity and femininity. The male body and the female body are different. That teaches yeah. us something that there are different, you know, priorities and needs and, and things like that. And so as Pope John Paul puts in the theology of body that um, men um, see mostly with the eyes. In other words, they're more physically charged and the woman sees mostly with the heart. We women are more emotionally charged. Now, my caveat is, you know, it also goes both ways because we're human. Um, but the reason why that's significant is this is what I told your son, um, you know, at the marriage prep, and I, I tell all these engaged couples, is the fact that when we know that about the opposite sex, then we can try to live out being a gift and, and meeting their needs. So, for instance, one of the things I teach engaged couples, which I highly recommend to married couples, is safe conversation. It's a technique, and this is a JP2 twist in the theology body. He would say that the woman is an enclosed garden. And so a garden is beautiful and enclosed. He's talking about her her inner emotional life, or her, her spiritual life, you might say. And so the man is meant to not only unveil her body, but to unveil her heart. And so with Faith Conversation, it's a way of receiving, uh, first of all, what, what you know, the spouse is saying, you know, and then mirroring that, and then... You know, and then finally, you know, kind of really responding to those emotional um, needs of, of the other. And then for the woman to realize, oh, my, my husband is more physically charged. And so, you know, uh, maybe it's time to get a, come together in conjugal love. And so she sees him, you know, and, and realizes that. And so it's just kind of a raising awareness of the unique complementarity of the sexes. And at the same time, um, you know, different different ways of, of meeting those needs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as you were talking, I was I was thinking of the fact that we always talk, and this is beyond this is in, in parenting, but but it's across the board that we that while we may demand a particular way of acting or not acting, that we really have to go beyond the outward um, manifestation or obedience or whatever with with a child because we really want their heart we want we want their whole self and sometimes we can get the we we can get to where we can get the outward they're doing the right thing saying the right thing but we know that they're real we haven't really connected to their to their heart and i would guess that would go um would go the same way i mean just across any dealings with a with a person is that you can you can say the right thing do the right thing without having your heart engaged, but, but ultimately you want to get to the point where that's, that's the ultimate goal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimate goal, meaning the the integration of the whole person, because right. only the heart excludes the body, only the body excludes the heart. And so, yeah, reaching that, the, the whole person is, is really what the theology of body is about, you know, that, that you could see the other person, the body's a manifestation of the entire person, and you're trying to draw forth the heart as well. And I'm thinking so, of a, yeah. I'm thinking of a friend of my, of a friend of ours, a mutual friend, Marcel Lejeune, and he always talks about it. And and maybe you can comment on this, on the, with regard to this tip that that if people are trying to put the trying to put this into practice, sometimes the deal is to pra- just practice. I mean, they, you may not feel it, but but practice giving your practice saying, okay, I'm not going to demand this of you instead I'm going to offer that because isn't there a connection body and soul between like and you can learn from the liturgy you know we kneel because as a person we may not have an act you may not have a full conscious understanding of what we're doing but the kneeling kind of points us to something and the standing kind of points us to something so sometimes just doing something bodily while you're not meant to stay there can help us get mm-hmm. somewhere with our heart by kind of practicing it is that yeah. Does that make sense? Sure, or precisely. You, you, That's reminding me of the other second grade book that we're writing, The Body and Holy Mass. 
And we mention these bodily manifestations, and they're meant to awaken in us the sense of the sacred. And so, especially in marital love, you know, and, and when I mean that, I don't mean only conjugal love, but in all of that reality, which I think is a good segue, what you just said, Trey, to the second one. So gift. covering the body as a teacher. And the second one, the body is a gift. Um, and your audience has heard me say this before. So being a gift of self can be a gift of self by giving or a gift of self by receiving. And then the gift of self being open to others. And so this giving and receiving and openness to others is is part of um, the way a married couple live out, you know, their their marriage vows. And yes, we're talking about conjugal love, but it's in other areas as well. And so, you know, sometimes I think some men have a really difficult time in receptivity. So Thaddeus, you kind of started off the show saying, nope, I'm just going to receive. That's <laughs> receptivity. And so I'm trying to give the gift of self by giving because of my um, you know, expertise in this thing, and then you're receiving. What if you just didn't, wouldn't, wouldn't listen to me? Mm. Then you know, there, there's some sort of that pattern, the blueprint really of the universe that we get from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would be kind of squelched in the world. And so the, the spouses need to learn to give and to receive. And I would call it codependency. If there's only giving, 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 and receiving, receiving, receiving without reciprocity. And so that's another tip I would say for the married couple. You know, if you find yourself only like he gives me flowers and he does this for me and he does that for me and he does, and I don't do anything for him, that's a big problem. I think it's codependency or, or vice versa. Right. And so both of those um, and then being open to others, not just this exclusive looking, the spouses looking at each other without being open to another. Now, and sexually that means being open to children but the family is meant to be on mission, open to others, you know, uh, bringing out love of God to others as well. Yeah, I think, and so I think I think the challenge, maybe part of this tip is is if if you find yourself that you're generally receiving, then maybe look for something to give. Whatever it, it doesn't, it can be something small. Be looking for. Hey, I'm going to step mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone because I'm maybe I'm more comfortable. Rece- I mean, everybody, I think. I, mean, I don't know. This is overgeneralization. Sometimes I'm more f- comfortable giving something away. I'm not not real good at receiving gifts. I don't particularly care for for receiving mm-hmm. gifts in general. But my wife mm-hmm. loves giving gifts. So her, the way she speaks to me is through her love language. She loves to receive gifts. So she does. She's going to respond by giving me <laughs> gifts. And I, and I think sometimes you have to be receptive to the fact she's trying to communicate. <laughs> in mm-hmm. the best way she knows how to show. And maybe it's not my favorite of, you know, the love languages or whatever, but but it, receiving it appropriately is part of giving yourself away, which is, mm-hmm. I heard you say that origi- initially, and I thought there's probably a few people out there going, okay, the, the, the gift of self in receiving <laughs> sounds, yeah, it doesn't sound, it's paradoxical, or <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Indeed. But, Indeed, but that receptive posture is is important for, for love to happen. I mean, just think about Jesus on the cross. He could give all he wants, but if we don't receive his gift, right. then you know, there's no community of persons. And it's funny, Trey, you're, you're mentioning the five love languages. Right. I think right. it's a real practical tool for married couples. They might have heard it before, but uh, it's Gary Chapman. And I put this in my book for marriage preparation, mm-hmm. and they are gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. So I'll say them again. Gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. And one of the things I would say is that one's love language is how we receive love. Right. So how we experience love. And so I would challenge people like Stephanie to realize, okay, my husband doesn't like gifts so much. So, what is his love language? And well, let so, me try to give that way. And we're to, we're it's like kind of counterintuitive. We're totally flipped. And and so I would say uh, why, before we, one thinks that I that I give her love the way she wants to. Uh, mine are words of affirmation, uh, and I forget which other one, but they don't matter at all to her. So I may you know, uh, Steph, you're doing a great job. I know I am. I don't care. You know? 
mean, is kind of how I, I'd much rather you give me a gift or. <laughs> I don't care what I you mean, have to say. She Trey. doesn't. I'm, she doesn't ever say that. That's not true. I mean, but 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 we joke about the fact that how bad we are because we tend to give to one another in the way that we like to receive. And specifically with us, I don't know what your experience is across other marriages, but we couldn't be more different. I mean, gifts is like five of the five, the bottom of my list and it's the top of hers. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's something that I've, that I've struggled with in terms of thinking, you know, well, man, you know, just a kind word and Hey man, you're doing a great job would mean a lot to me. I'll do that to Stephanie, and I mean she's grateful in that. But but I just know now after thirty years, it's it. I'm pretty thick in the skull. But but but, but that that's not really not. She's like, yeah, I, I do a good job. I know that. I don't really need you to. Tell me, hey Trey, you know what? Hey Trey, yeah, you're doing a great job, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're doing a great you're job. Tapping into my love language. But, you know, to to be serious about this, one of my friends, um, he's the director of marriage and family life for Fort Worth Diocese, Chris Vaughn. He said that one of his friends was like, I'm done. I'm, you know, we're getting a divorce. We've been married for seven years. She didn't even think I love her. And then Chris said, have you ever done the love languages? Nope. They did it. It saved their marriage. Wow. They didn't experience love because they were giving it in the way they, they liked receiving it. And so that's real practical that's amazing. tips, I think, for... And thank, uh, thanks the, be to God. And, and while yeah. while while I'm I'm very careful to not say that I that I recommend the the movie, but I do think it communicates something of truth. Um, <laughs> but fireproof, the the love dare. You know the fact that one person begins to just do something, gift to for the other person towards the other person just because even stuff that feels uncomfortable without expecting anything in return, without doing that. And I I found even when you're not actively trying to do that, like for example, I mean, I had a conversion and started praying and I, and I prayed, I remember Stephanie at some point coming out this years and years ago and saying, Hey, do you think it'd be okay if I came out and prayed with you? You know, I was, of course. I mean, but sometimes if you do something and, and, and you're out there where they, can see you, they will, they will come along at some point. I don't know if, you know, like I said, I forget who the guy is from old, uh, what's that guy's name anyway. Uh, but, but, uh, can't, uh, anyway, bottom line is I, I, I love that movie because it, while I'm not saying it's a great movie, not super acting, but, but the, but the, but the idea of somebody saying, before I give up on this marriage, I'm going to begin to, give and do things outside and not expect something back, even though, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately it's, it's both ways. I think there's can be something said about that as well. So I'm not yeah. going to give up on this show. We only have 20 uh, minutes left and right. we're going to get through all, all right. five tips. Get after it. So we're, right. we've done, we've done two. We've got Slave three driver. more to do. Okay. What's number three? Let's do it. The, the third one is reverence. Um, yes. St. John Paul speaks a whole lot in the theology body about reverence. Um, and the the way I've defined it in the third grade book, which is called The Body and Reverence, is it's a mixture of awe and wonder. And why is it so important to marriage? Well, he takes it from Humanae Vitae, um, where Pope Paul VI said the number one virtue needed in marital love is reverence. And I would say it's it's reverence for the you know God as creator, and and He's the designer. He designed the body in a certain way. And so there's reverence for the body. And then when we see the body as the revelation of the person, then we're going to be reverent to the entire person. And so um, reverence is such a key thing. And so the, the way I say it with the engaged couples when I'm teaching them, I'm like, you know, right now you're, you have wonder, like you're drawn to the other person. But don't forget awe. Awe kind of like is a sacred distance reminding yourself, wow, this person's pretty amazing. I can't use him. I shouldn't use her. And so that wonder and awe go hand in hand. And then, so I'll save them also, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, am I dreaming? I get to be with you for the rest of my life. And then five years down the way, am I dreaming? Right. I have to be with you the rest of my life. Yeah. And I say to them, that's when you remember the word reverence, you know, the awe and wonder, you know, you know, this person is captivating, you know, and, and to not take each other for granted, I think is, is a, 
huge part of that. Um, yeah, yes. one more thing that Pope John Paul says in the Theology of Body that I think counters reverence is um, lust. So he said a woman shouldn't but can actually lust after his own wife. And I think that lust comes from not seeing the other person with reverence, you know, just kind of wanting to take and grasp. I remember teaching this to engaged couples. There were a hundred, no, I mean, uh, married couples. I was training a hundred married couples um, for the Diocese of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And one man, I think he realized when I said that, quoting Pope John Paul, wow, I might be falling into that. And then he said, you know, how do I make sure that, you know, I'm not, and I think that's when the consciousness of the, of the body, you know, am I trying to, you know, grab my wife or am I trying to express love? So I'll let you two maybe well, unpack that idea. One about. thing comes to, comes to mind is, I, you know, as marriage goes on, if, 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 if guys, I mean, I'm not, I'm speaking as a guy, so I, I don't know, but maybe it goes both ways. But, but what I, what I, think of is the longer I stayed married to Stephanie and the, and the more I've been with her, it's become more and more able to be in awe of her because I see what all she, you know, has done all she does and all she's been doing and recognize, you know, and part of that is maybe withdrawing from, you know, the initial attraction and, and actually just living a life together that makes you more and more. So I wonder if there's not. I mean, I'm, I'm asking. I'm I'm just speaking aloud here, uh, a train of thought, not really necessarily a point. But as I was thinking about it, was is you know, you have to live together and give each other long enough to. I mean, you can think, okay, I need a reverence and I need to be in awe. But I think if you live long enough with somebody and you really become aware of what, what all they're doing, it's hard not to become in awe of the person like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe what she's sacrificed, what she's done. And, and I, and I often will tell people, I say, look, I mean, neither of us look anywhere close. We were a lot cuter years ago, but I love my wife more than I ever have because it's more than just the outward appearance. I've, I've, we've been through a plethora of ups and downs (laughs) of crazy times that, that have revealed through those times, each other in a way that I think draws us closer together, become more reverent towards the other. I don't know what, what are let me add, on? let me add a question to Trey's statement and then get you to respond to it, Monica. Because yeah. you said something really interesting there, Trey, which was I think it's hard to not to live together for a long time and not uh, reverence someone. And I think a lot of people's yeah, common kind of- common conventional wisdom would be it's hard to live together for a long time and not fall into taking someone for granted. So yeah. Monica, where do you think That's weird. Uh, where do you think that comes from that the conventional experience or conventional mm-hmm. wisdom is man when you're you know when you're around somebody you take them for mm-hmm. granted. Great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Pope John Paul would definitely say it's it resides in the heart. He says sin begins in the heart. And so we might blame the body. Oh, you're not as beautiful. You're not as handsome anymore and and therefore, I want to, you know, go sow my oats somewhere else. But that's due to concupiscence, um, you know, the tendency to sin. And so to ever be mindful of that reality, that that we are sinners, but knowing that we're ever in need of purification, I think reverence is, is that proper response. And I think that leads us into the fourth point quite well, and that's the sacredness of sex. So just kind of want to point out, like, the first was teacher, then gift, and then reverence. And, you know, all of those are, are part of conjugal love as well. Um, but now we can talk about the sacredness of sex. In other words, um, to not live day-to-day, moment-by-moment, um, you know, noticing the body as a teacher in gift and reverence, then it, then the sacredness of sex, you know, according to Pope John Paul, would kind of be worn away. Another way of saying this is when you um, when you understand that the other person is meant for love and is designed by God to give and receive love, then it's the it's the the body to body encounter and marital intercourse is really the person to person encounter. And another way of saying this is like the, the what contraception does is it puts a barrier between persons. 
So Trey, with your son, when I was, you know, preparing him and your future daughter-in-law, I took a baggie and I put it on my hands and I'm like, now we're holding hands and now I'm going to put the baggie on my lips. Oh, I'm right. kissing my beloved. Well, it's stupid and it's absurd. Why? Because there should be no barrier between a husband and wife. It should be this total gift of self. It's this right. sacred act such that Pope John Paul says it enters into being a liturgical act in a right. certain sense. You know, a, a way of worshiping God. Um, is the sacredness of sex. And so when married couples approach um, that beautiful action in that way, I think it brings to light, you know, many, many different things about the human person and about love and about God. So I'll let you t- y'all comment about that. Yes. I mean, so what what comes to mind is I think that this that this culture, most people, when you explain it that way, until you do something is as crazy as okay, you know, I want to hold your hand, but let me let me put a glove on first, <laughs> or hey, I'll kiss. I want to kiss you, but let me um, let me put these protectors over my lips because I, you know, whatever. Until you do something like that, I think the world kind of there is a disconnect. I think between an understanding of a person as a whole body soul composite, I guess. And and so whatever we do with the body, in in a sense, is communicating our our, our entire self, I guess, in a certain sense. I don't know if that even makes sense, but my my point is, is I think sometimes people disconnect the body from okay, I love you, but we don't want to have kids in this, and so we're going to do something to separate it, and and they don't see it as what they would see if you said, you know, I want to kiss, but let me put this special germ thing on my, over my lips or I want to hold your hand, but you know, I'm going to put this latex glove on because I, 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 you know, I'm not sure (laughs) I want to catch Mm -hmm. anything from you. And, and, um, Mm -hmm. and I think, so that's great that you do that because sometimes I think Mm -hmm. this, this culture does not, they're, they're at ease with disconnecting, you know, love as a some sort of emotion, something invisibly seen from a physical act between two people, and mm-hmm. instead of seeing it as an integrated whole, yeah, th- exactly. And um, let me refine what you said because yeah, I need a lot I of ref- I need a lot of refining. Goes, <laughs> no, but I mean it's excellent. But the Holy Father, I think, in the theology body, develops dogma going beyond the. Okay, you got to be open to children, and you got to be open to union. So the procreative and unitive aspects. He goes to the idea of gift of self, like the reason why a husband and wife come together in marital intercourse is to give the gift of self by giving and by receiving and being open to others, open to each other as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I have to want a child, I want to want a child, and engaging in marital intercourse. It's because I want to express love. But love can't not be expressed unless it's like the total gift of self. You know, there ought not be any barriers between the the two people. And then to kind of, I know we're short on time, so let me segue into my final thing, which is being a co-redeemer. I'm really excited about this one. I want to hear. Yeah, and of course, the the word redeemer, you know, means to buy back, right? Mm -hmm. And so another way of saying this is. A husband and wife can see each other like, you are worth it. I will lay down my entire life for you because you're deserving and worthy of love. And so notice the way I'm wording that is the way Jesus Christ approaches all of us. We are worthy of love. We're so worthy of love that he died for us. And so um, let me make sure I'm clear here because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll say, well, um, it's Jesus Christ, he loves you, and spouses can't fulfill each other's needs totally, and so it's only Jesus. Well, I think that's a Protestant version of right. um, you know, the, the, the idea of Christianity and the idea of, of marriage. It's we participate in Jesus Christ's redemptive act, which he gives to the Church. Mm-hmm. And so another way of saying this is, Pope John Paul says it, this is a direct quote, Spousal, sorry, redemptive love becomes, in a sense, spousal, is what he says. I'm going to repeat that. Redemptive love becomes, in a sense, spousal. So there he's talking about Jesus Christ giving to us, but it's like an espousal way, like a husband giving to his wife and the wife receiving and returning like the church should, and then being open to life. But then 
this is my twist. This is not Catholic dogma. And you two guys can correct me. I like to turn, you know, turn the table on that and say, um, spousal love becomes, in a sense, redemptive. In other words, the, you know, the spouses are in need of forgiveness, of healing, of becoming whole. And by that sacred love between a husband and a wife, the person can be healed. Now, of course, it's not on the, the you know, human-to-human realm. It needs to include God's love, you know, God's healing as well. But they're the ones, the conduits, you might say, of that healing. And I think it's redemptive. That's spousal love. I, I mean, I think you're you're really on to something. I, I'm I'm just as you're speaking, you know, I'm thinking of like um things that when I was younger earlier married, you know, you, you know, yeah, I'm married, but I'm gonna hold on to this, right? You know, I really like this that I like and 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 you know, I love you, but I mean, do I really have to give up that, you know, or give up this and and what I've found is, is the more openly I, the, and this is so, this is counterintuitive and certainly countercultural, I think, that, that, that most of us say, well, you got to protect yourself. You got, okay, you can give, but you need to, you know, reserve this, you know, this space, this time, this whatever to, you know, keep yourself, so to speak. And, and I think what I found is the more you just let go of it all, <laughs> and this is mm-hmm. counterculture, the more you let go of it all and just say, look, I, I'm, completely have given myself over to this and I, and yeah, do I get gripey about do if I miss this or I can't see this show or whatever it is, the longer I go, the more I realize that as I look back, I'm better because I've given that up. I'm better because I've, I've taken that, I've moved, it's taken 30 years. So this is not, you know, this is a journey. This is not, and, and, and still I've got plenty of things I'm holding on to. Don't, I'm not making myself into, uh, any sort of saint at at all. What I'm saying is, is that I can see glimpses of whenever I've let go of something that I was holding on to, it's ended up better for me <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. than when I have held on to something or maybe am holding on to something that kind of closes in on my, myself. So I would just challenge somebody. I mean, like I was talking about Marcel and him doing, he talks about his first, he, his experiment was I hate doing dishes. So does my daughter. I mean, my wife hates doing dishes. So I'm going to do for a week or whatever, a month without asking, I'm just going to do the dishes, something I hate to do. And he was doing it, I think, and I'm, I may be speaking in a turn to, to show her love and so hopefully gain. But I think what he learned was that actually it was, more fulfilling <laughs> there was a fulfillment inside that that also translated into her appreciate appreciating it but it was mutual it wasn't like okay i'm giving this away now you got to do something back for me it was actually in and through the giving in and through the sacrifice that he became more himself I, I, he's not here mm-hmm. to, to respect but i i think there's times in my marriage that i can look at and go you know that that there is a truth there but that is so contrary to what this world teaches I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely, Trey. I mean, one of the things I would add is um, the scripture, you know, he who loses his life will find it, is what Jesus Christ yes. says. And ultimately, that means the cross, and after the cross comes the resurrection. You know, we, when we give ourselves, then there's going to be the resurrection. I know we're close to uh, yeah. finishing with, with regard to time. So another thing besides this, with regard to redemptive love becomes spousal. You know, the the way I picture it is, Let's say, Trey, um, you know, when you were young, your dad wasn't good at listening or something. And so you have this woundedness with regard to you needed someone to listen. And so when Stephanie realizes that, he has this need to, to be listened to, and she does that, that opens up a healing for you. And right. then to make sure that you don't think that she's the only savior of you, there's a actually a higher savior, you might say, the, the the real redeemer that she's only co-redeemer with, then you can go to Jesus Christ who can heal the rest of that woundedness. You know, and so this is why God is so smart to invent marriage, because you'll have to stick with each other. And then if you're attentive to each other's needs, your woundedness, your sins, and then you draw out the sinfulness, um, and then kind of like what Jesus does, you take them on you, and then you get rid of them. 
and then you get to rise to new life, both of y'all together. Gosh, yeah. it's it's a resurrection. And I know it might sound pie in the sky, but like I, you said, the process of moving toward this gift of self, this love, this union, this redemption, this redemptive love, I think it's real. And I think what that's what St. John Paul gives us in the theology of the body. So, try, I mean, it's kind of try it. You might like it. I mean, I think the, you know, the, I'm just like, you know, it's like many things I've said, well, so, so how's that other th- way working for you? I mean, you happily, more happily married or, and in most cases they're, they're, they're not. I mean, sometimes that's just it. So, I mean, so what, what, what do you have to lose to maybe take one step and do something that you're gaining nothing from? You know, you're not going to ask for them to even respond. You're just going to do it because you know, it would be something good for them. Just mm-hmm. do it. Take that dare and, you know, see how that, mm-hmm. how that works. Do it, you know, do it for more than just one time, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. commit to a week or something of doing one thing and, and see what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. and if you prayerfully do that, God has a way of, of uh, mm-hmm. opening your heart. So I, I love that, that, that this is, you know, something I'm 30 years of experience doing. But anyway, I know we're down to a minute and a half. I want to make sure that you would get your information on how to get a hold of your stuff and look real quickly before we stop here. So how do people find your, your, your things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Tobit.org, it's T-O-B-E-T.org, it stands for the Theology of the Body Evangelization Team.org, and it's kind of funny because you're talking about um, people who are married, um, but you can, if you have kids, you can have an excuse to buy the Body Matters books, which is the preschool through eighth grade books, um, and read through them. You know, the, the first grade book is called The Body Teaches Many Lessons. And then the body is a gift is a second grade and the body in reverence and, and so forth all the way up to eighth grade. And so to me, it's almost like remedial um, reading because I should have written this for married couples a long time ago. Um, and then, you know, my theology body marriage preparation, Trey and Thaddeus, I've, I've been meaning to repackage it because married couples see it and they're like, can't you just do this for married people? And Cross out the word marriage prep and just fit for marriage. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that you might <laughs> consider buying. And then uh, Dr. Edward Shree's Men and Women, The Mystery of Love. I think it's a real practical book. That's more about love and responsibility, less about theology of the body. But I think it's great. And, um, you know, well, uh, Christopher West, I just love him. So okay, there are well, DVDs that if people want to do, like, study groups at home about marriage. Um, well, gonna, I think that might be something to, to access. Well, thanks for making time. Um, real quickly, we're going to have uh, the verse for the day is going to be First uh, Corinthians three nine. For we are God's fellow workers; you are God's field, God's building, and keeping in line with that. And um, we thank you for this time, Monica. Hang on after this, and um, we're going to stop here real quickly. Remember, people, uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. He will. God bless. <laughs>